Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com. There you can find all of the latest podcasts that includes, of course, Five Rings Canes with Alex Dono, Larry Bluestein, and Josh Darrow. Also, Andrew Ivins appears on there from time to time. Three yards per carry with Alf, Chris, and Simon, our popular Dolphins podcast, the most popular Dolphins podcast that's out there. Of course, light-skinned opinions. Check out the latest episodes there with everything that's going on in the country. Ballscast has started posting again. Shula Bowl and more. Also, check out our YouTube channel. We've got some new shows. Talk About Sports is on there. I'll let David Freeman explain that. Five Reasons to Drink. Friends of Five, and much, much more on our YouTube channel. It's free. We've got over 3,000 subscribers, so go on there and see why everybody's subscribed. Also, all the episodes of Five on the Floor eventually end up on the YouTube channel, so make sure you check that out. Also, check out all the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All of our sponsors are local. We don't take a lot of sponsors from outside of South Florida. We appreciate everybody stepping forward for us during the pandemic, and one of those is Mr. M's in Davie. They have a location in Hollywood, but also one in Davie on University Drive across from Nova Southeastern University. You can order online at MrMsSubs.com. That's M-R-M-S-Subs.com, and you'll save 15% by using the code 5R for five reasons. So MrMsSubs.com. Why would you go there? Because it's fresh. They're serving South Florida since 1979. Philly cheesesteaks, subs, wraps, and salads. Again, everything is made fresh to order. This is not a sub chain. Um, it's a really, really good place to go. And when you go inside, make sure you say hello to Paul and Jody and tell them you heard about the advertisement on the podcast. So again, it's in Davie, MrMsSubs.com. I can tell you when I was covering the Dolphins, I definitely would check this place out regularly, and you should too. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alvon. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here. No Alex Toledo tonight. No Greg Sylvander. We've changed the crew here. This is we've got a line change. Um, Alphonse Sydney joins me tonight along with Brady Hawk. This is actually Brady's second episode. We're we're focusing on some of the pieces that Brady's written for the site. Brady is the youngest person in our network. Um, he makes Alex seem antiquated if that's possible. <laughs> and, and, uh, and tonight we're going to do something a little bit. The first episode we did with Brady was Miami Heat's young core versus the NBA today. Another sort of I don't know, ranking uh, from Brady here. And that I think is, it might be a little controversial for some people. So we're going to get into it. He ranked the best duos in the NBA from one up through 15. So 15 different teams are featured here. The Miami Heat are on the list. And I will tell you in a second where they are. But let's start here uh, with Brady. How did you put this list together? Yeah, I basically put this list together just based off of the, the future of what I think the NBA will look like with these guys and also of how they've been doing lately. So, for example, I, put, I wanted to include Kevin Durant in there. So I wanted to 
put it without injury so we could see how that would look for the future. But mostly ranked off how this year's gone in the past and what the future will look like. Well, that's why this is complicated. It's not an easy assignment because, I mean, you know, there's two teams on here, the Nets and the Warriors, that, it, you know, <laughs> based on this season, there's really nothing. Uh, right. but, but based on where this is going, there's going to be a lot. So, so let's go through your list, and we'll just tell people where the Heat come up when the Heat come up. All right, so we're going to start with number one. Um, Alf, do you have any issue with this? LeBron, Anthony Davis, Lakers. No, because you got two MVP candidates right there, right? So, um, and you have a defensive player of the year candidate there. So, yeah, there's no – I have no issue with that. Um, that um, – I I almost feel like they've been underwhelming a little bit, and I I really was excited to see them in the playoffs, uh, those two guys together. And underwhelming, and they're still like – I think they're in their first in the Western Conference. So, um, right. But I, I, I think I, – honestly, I think a lot of it is their supporting cast, but, you know, that's a whole other podcast. But, um, yeah, man, you have two MVP candidates right there uh, on the same team. So, I, that's, that to me, it's a no-brainer. They, they're the number one duo in the NBA. You know what's interesting? Whenever somebody has made the case for LeBron for MVP, and I feel like that case comes out of one place, which is Bristol or L.A., actually, <laughs> since, since the NBA headquarters have pretty been, much been moved to L.A., um, you know, essentially it's clutch that's pushing this, that LeBron should be the MVP. Whenever that comes up, you go on Twitter, and people post these stat lines and show that basically Anthony Davis leads the Lakers in, like, every category but assists this year. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we can talk about Anthony Davis having been brittle in the past and not winning playoff series. In some ways, and LeBron is the catalyst for everything, but in some ways, LeBron has, I mean, Anthony Davis has been better than LeBron this year. Um, I, I mean, I think you can certainly make an argument that way. And I think, Brady, the thing with Anthony Davis now is the only thing that's missing for him to establish himself as one of the great bigs of this era, not, not just the way we think of him, but the way he'll be thought about in 20 years, is playoff success, right? I mean, that, that's it. And so I, yeah. I, I, I can't argue with them being number one. And obviously the, the ultimate goal, which is a championship, if he adds a championship to his resume, you know, he'll get looked at totally different than he is now, at a, you know, getting compared to different types of guys than he is now. How close – because number two then becomes pretty obvious if you're just going with teams that have been relatively healthy this year and you kind of knock Brooklyn down – and you knock Golden State down, and you say, okay, we're going to go with the Clippers. Um, how close were you to putting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George first instead? Uh, honestly, I, don't, I, think, I think that they, you can make the case that they could be, but I still think that LeBron and Anthony Davis are, are slightly ahead of them. I think Kawhi and Paul George are definitely underrated just because just the duo itself, just because they're both of their defensive, you know, how great they are on defense, both of them, and they're both very offensively, you know, good. So I, I, I think it's close, but I still think LeBron and Anthony Davis have the edge as of right now. We'll, but we'll, it could have changed as we see what happens in the playoffs. I was making this case uh, on a podcast that I did. I can't even remember who I did it with <laughs> a few days ago uh, about, uh, about the season comeback with Sam Amick. And I think that the team that benefited the most, people talk about Portland, obviously, because they're getting Collins and Nurkic back. And there's some other teams that have benefited, Philadelphia, maybe Indiana, maybe Miami. There's teams that benefited from this break. 
But the team to me that's benefited the most from the break is the Clippers because they spent the whole season out nursing Kawhi and Paul George, like not playing them together all that much. And now there's going to be no reason to rest them. And, and I was trying to find the record, the two of them, when the two of them play together, but it's outrageous. And I'm, I'm, let's see, they, they've, I mean, this was an, as of December, they had never practiced together. Uh, I mean, essentially this was, I mean, this is load management was going on the entire season. Do you think that there is a chance we could look, I mean, is it winning a championship that basically look back after the season alpha and say, this is the best duo in the league? Um, I just like, I like Paul George a lot, but he's not on the level of either of, of the other three. So to me, it's, to me, it's not, it's not that it's not close. Actually, no, I'm, it's not close. Paul George isn't there for me. I mean, I know Paul George has been an MVP candidate in the past, but when you think about top five players in, in the league, his name doesn't come up. The other three guys, their name comes up often. And no one would argue if you put those three guys in the top five. Everyone's going to argue with you if you say Paul George is a top five player. So to me, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. They also play the same position. I know that, you know, I know they've done different things uh, and they, and, you know, Paul George can play the two, Kawhi can play the four, they both can play the three, but there, there, there's a lot of overlap with those two guys and it's great overlap. Like long, long armed wing defenders aren't, you know, mm. you don't, you, you can't get enough of those, but I think Brady got it right. There's um, to me, there's no question there. Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis are number one, and these guys are, uh, you know, not a distant number two, but they're a clear number two uh, after those guys. All right, so let's group the next three together because I, I this is where we're talking before about injuries and how you project. So there's one of these three, Brady, that you had in here that's been healthy the whole year and but is controversial in some ways, and the other two that have not been healthy. So how did you go about ranking the duos for the Nets, Rockets, and Warriors in light of Curry and Thompson, you know, Clay didn't play all year. Uh, Steph played briefly and then came back at the very end before the break. Durant didn't play all year. Kyrie played, didn't seem to care about playing, <laughs> doesn't seem to care about coming back. And then Harden and Westbrook, <coughs> who everybody kind of mocked how that was going to work, but then Russ went on a tear for the last month before the stoppage. So why did you decide to put Durant and Irving ahead of Harden and Westbrook ahead of Curry and Clay? Yeah, I think that Durant and Kyrie are the clear number three here because I think that if we're looking at it from a non-injury aspect, I think Kevin Durant obviously is one of the best offensive scores we've seen. I don't know how long. And Kyrie, we don't know – how he's going to be, obviously, he has problems we've seen off the court, locker room and stuff. But honestly, I think that even if – because we don't know how Kevin Durant's going to look when he comes back, but I think a Kevin Durant at 75% could even look – could still be this number three spot because just how great he is of a player offensively. And we'll see how them two pair together when, whenever they come back next year. See, Alf, I would it's, – it's tough. And Durant is of, – of the six players you're talking about there – it's somewhat controversial, but you can make the argument that Durant's the best of the six and maybe Curry's the second best. I would make that argument. Maybe Harden's yep. the third best. Uh, I mean, the six pretty damn good players in the mix when they're all healthy, right? right? But, and I would have Kyrie, honestly, sixth. Um, most people would not. Most people would probably have Clay sixth of those six players. We're talking Curry, Clay, Harden, Westbrook, 
Durant and Irving. Some might have Russ sixth. Um, I, you know, I think most people would have Durant, Harden, probably Durant, Curry, Harden, probably one, two, three, or Durant, Harden, Curry, or some might have Curry first. There's a few crazy people who might have Harden first. Um, but but the, the, re- the reason that I go with – I would reverse the order here, Brady. I would go with Curry and Clay third. And I know they didn't play this season, uh, but the championships speak. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I, I mean, to me, I, you know, again, I understand that, you know, Clay probably could have come back this year if it meant something. Curry probably could have, could have come back earlier if it meant something. I mean, this season has been about, you know, them putting themselves in position basically to get the number one overall pick and then figure out a way to add Giannis. I mean, that's what this is all about. Um, my problem with the Durant Irving thing as great as Kevin is, is that, you know, I, I think I just not a big Kyrie guy, <laughs> I guess. And it's not a talent thing, but I, I just, I don't know how much he cares about basketball that much anymore. Um, he, he always struggles to get along with other high profile te- teammates. I know that he and Durant had more of a relationship than he and LeBron did when they got together, but I still foresee some problems there. And so I would probably go, Clay and Curry three, I could be convinced either way when you go forward on the other two. I think Harden and Westbrook blow up in the playoffs again. Um, So I would have them top five, but I might go Durant and Irving fourth and then Harden and Westbrook fifth. Alf, how do you feel about it? Well, like you said, the list is hard to do. And I I applaud Brady for even trying to tackle it, right? Because if this was NBA 2K, then – there it's appropriate that they're they're number three because to me and I know I get blasted for saying this a healthy Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA today. Um, he he plays better defense than LeBron James and at at this point right right now he's a better scorer than LeBron James. Um, and the, the defense is what puts him over the top for me. But the Kyrie thing and the chemistry thing, I don't trust Kyrie to uplift a team right now because we've seen his last two stops. Now, guys like LeBron James and Kevin Durant, they maybe their talent just overcomes whatever poison <laughs> uh, Kyrie puts in the water when, when he joins a team. But to this point, I haven't seen enough from Kyrie outside of LeBron's influence to convince me that putting him on a team with another superstar uh, uh, puts him in the upper echelon. So – I would. I actually would put them outside of the top five because, mm-hmm. uh, and it's the same thing with you. It's not about Kevin Durant. Like I said, I think Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA, but it's a Kyrie thing, and the fact that he's just so toxic everywhere he's gone. I just don't. I just don't trust it. Better Kevin, without him again this year. I mean, yes, Boston was, and Boston Boston was better, better without him and, too, right? So I mean, they were Durant's better with been, Dinwiddie. And Kevin Durant's a bit of a head case himself. You right. know what I mean? So right. you put I think I think it's a really volatile mix. And I I just don't think because we haven't seen it, it's very, very hard for me to take that duo seriously yet. Mm-hmm. And then also when you look at the Harden and Westbrook thing, um, neither of those neither of those guys play defense. And mm-hmm. all the and we've seen what happens harder in the playoffs, all the bullshit ref calls, they stop. Right, you have to actually earn your trips to the line. It's not the regular. It's not a regular season Tuesday night in Minnesota. Like you, you're not going to get the calls that you did uh, during the regular season. And I just, I don't trust either either of them in the playoffs. I've seen both of them burn out in the playoffs. I've seen guys like Damian Lillard just cook both of those guys. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't trust them. Um, 
And then Steph and Clay are proven, tried and true. I think the fact that they're going to get a high draft pick and come back <laughs> next year, and it's, I think it's unfair. <laughs> yeah. I think we need a David Stern basketball reasons uh, <laughs> intervention on that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, to me, uh, I, if, if nothing else, I would reverse the order and I would actually put the Nets out of that top five. Yeah, I would look at that, actually. I, so- I, I, I believe that, that what you guys are saying about Curry and Clay, but the problem that I was looking at was, was that uh, just like we don't know – obviously we don't know what the injury will look like for Durant, but Clay's injury was pretty yeah. was pretty bad. And we've seen Curry's injuries, you know, hit this year too. So I just think there might be some problems there. But obviously but, – but, but, but to me, the difference between them and the other two is, is we've seen it. So I, I understand the injury thing, but it's we know that they can play together. We've seen it. I, I, with, with Durant and Kyrie, I, I don't know. I, I assume so because their talent is overwhelming. You know, with Harden and Westbrook, I almost know that they can't when it matters. <laughs> you know, like I, I just feel like it's going to turn back into taking turns the way it's always been. And Alf's point is a good one. We can talk about Curry not being a plus defender. I think Curry's a better defender than he's given credit for. Clay is, Clay is a plus defender. Neither Harden nor Westbrook is a plus defender. I mean, Russ was at, at one point when he cared about it. And in OKC, they used to track a lot of this stuff. And, and you know, you, you could tell when Russ was engaged, but, but Harden has never been. And so I, I, just, I look at those two, and then I look at Kyrie and Durant. Kyrie's never been a plus defender. Durant has turned into one. Uh, but I, I, just, I lean Golden State because we've seen it. Anyway, we're going to get to uh, the rest of this list and figure out where exactly the Heat guys are in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's Keystone Chiropractic and Neuroplasticity. That's Dr. Jonathan Chung. They're focused on low-force spinal adjustments and brain-based rehabilitation. They get great results with post-concussion syndrome, dizziness and vertigo, headaches, and chronic neck and back pain. You know, a lot of chiropractors and therapists want to see you three times a week for months, but Keystone has a treatment philosophy of doing just enough to get you back to a normal life again. They're now offering virtual rehab visits using video conferencing, which we've all gotten very familiar with, to assess and prescribe effective treatment protocols during the COVID-19 outbreak. Research shows that patients getting a supervised telemedicine rehab program can be just as effectively treated as an in-person visit for many pain conditions. If you mention five reasons, you get a free 15-minute video or phone consultation. All you got to do, mention five reasons. Dr. Chung is a big supporter of the network. He, he'll know what you're talking about, trust me, So as will everyone there. And you'll save, also, you'll save 50% off your first virtual rehab session. So free 15-minute video or phone consultation, save 50% off your first virtual rehab session. The website is chiropractickeystone.com. That's chiropractickeystone.com, social media, at Dr. Jonathan Chung on Twitter. All right, let's get to the rest of this. And I know everybody's like, where are the heat? So let's get to who finished ahead of them. And these five, um, we're going to make a case about order, but we're also going to make a case about are any of these, because I'll, I'll give it away. The heat are 11th, okay? So any of these five, Alf, should Brady have put the heat duo of Jimmy and Bam ahead of them? Giannis no, and yeah, well, let's go one by one. Giannis and Chris Middleton for the Bucks. No, no the the strength of Giannis. Uh, actually, I would put them over the uh, the Nets duo. Mm-hmm. So I would have probably put them at five. So absolutely no question, uh, the Heat don't belong above them. Just well, to put in real quick, with Middleton, yeah. he actually has this same exact numbers as Paul George has this year. 
Yeah, you noted that which, in the article. I, I think yeah, which was pretty not, interesting. Yeah, most people would not figure that. I, I Chris Middleton, who has been, you know, Nikias Duncan, who does some work for our network, has stand him for years. Um, but I feel like it's finally justified this year. Like, you know, I, not that Middleton wasn't a good player, but he emerged as a true number two guy. Now, will that continue in the playoffs when everybody bogs down on Giannis and forces somebody else to beat you for Milwaukee? We'll see. I mean, that's, that's where things are proven. But yeah, I don't the, trust him. I don't trust I, him at all. I don't trust him, but for right now, I, I, I'm with you. I think of these duos we're going to talk about, that they're, they're the top one. Lillard and McCollum, the Heat belong ahead of them? Nope. CJ wasn't good. Him. CJ wasn't real good this year, but I. I but we've I seen how good they right. can be. You know what I mean? And I know yeah. we're projecting forward. I know Brady projected forward a little bit. Looked at this year, but we know what they. You, we know what they are and what they can be. I think this this year has been like just just a weird year for Portland. There's a lot of weird personalities. I'm not going to name any names that they're trying mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to fit in <laughs> their <laughs> yeah. system. So yeah. one who uh, talks I mean, to fish. <laughs> Right. I mean, and the, and the other one couldn't get a job despite being, you know, uh, right. top twenty, top thirty, maybe NBA player of all time. So, it's a it's it's a weird mix over there. So I I really it's hard for me to take a lot of what happened this year seriously. But yeah, Dame and CJ, they we know what they are. Luca and Porzingis. Now I I find this one interesting. I, I'm going to talk about the one you have right behind, which is right. Embiid and Simmons. Um, on talent alone, on talent alone, which actually is how you started your passage here about them, this might be the top duo. I mean, you can make a, I mean, maybe not the top. You've got LeBron and Anthony Davis, Kawhi and Paul George, but certainly on talent, they belong in the top five, right? Embiid and Simmons, I, just pure talent. Like they're both top three picks. Um, you know, Simmons is kind of magic reincarnated in a lot of ways, except he shoots even less and even worse. Um, and Embiid, you know, is the, the most talented center in the league when, when he actually plays and when he's channeled the right way. But then you, you have them behind Luca and Chris Jobs. And look, I mean, obviously Luca's, I mean, you can make an argument. Luca's a top five player now or certainly very close to it. Uh, Porzingis took a little time to kind of round into shape. My issue with Luca and Chris Jobs, and, and why I think ultimately maybe Embiid and Simmons pass them, if Simmons can develop any kind of a jumper, is that I, I just don't think either. I just don't think that team's going to defend well enough. Um, how, how did you kind of make the case? First thing, how did you make the case for Lillard and McCollum when McCollum having a bad year, being ahead of those? Not a bad year, but not not as good a year as he had last year. Uh, ahead of those two, and also the case for Doncic and Porzingis ahead of Embiid and Simmons. Yeah, so, well, looking at Damon McCollum, I think that they're ahead of Doncic Porzingis as of right now, just as a, you know, a duo, just what they've done, how great Lillard's been this season, even though they haven't, team hasn't been great, but obviously CJ hasn't had the greatest year. But when you look at between, which is obviously going to, you know, it was tough going between Doncic and Porzingis and Simmons and Embiid, the reason I think that they're higher than, Ben Simmons and Embiid, it's just because we're going off of duos. And I just don't think Ben Simmons and Embiid are the best duo just because they play better when each other's off the floor. You know, neither of them can shoot the ball well. So it's just like seems like a lot of the time when they're in the game together, it's just a lot of, you know, clogging the lane a little bit. And, you know, I just. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. 
Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I don't think them two together are the, you know, the word best duo. Do you? Uh, we trash them all the time, Alf, because it's fun. <laughs> um, but I mean, eventually, shouldn't they be top five? If they're not top five now, should shouldn't they be? No, eventually they should be on different teams. That's well, why that's... I I, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Brady because, um, yeah, they don't they don't play well together. So to call them a, a top duo is a, is a stretch, in my opinion. Um, and then and then the the Kristaps thing. I know Kristaps is a super talented player. I haven't seen enough enough of him since the injury, or seen enough from him since the injury. Uh, I like I honestly I wouldn't have put them above the Heat's duel, even though Luca is the best player out of the four to me, hands down. It's not. I don't think it's very mm, close. Right. But if you if you're talking about a duo, uh, a, a you know two guys that you know you have Jimmy and Bam on the court at the same time you have a defensive force and two guys that can score the ball as well. I just don't feel the same way about Luca and, and Kristaps. But I do, and, and this, the Simmons and, and Embiid thing, the way the, the Heat handled them this year, yeah. I'd put the Heat duo above them as well just because, like, like Brady's saying, if, if, you can, if they can't play together and they're mm-hmm. better with, without the other on the court, I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can consider them. Yes, on talent alone, if this is NBA 2K, um, they swept me out of the playoffs last season on 2K. So yes, <laughs> they're, they're, they're excellent. Yeah. That's but, definitely fair because I they probably wouldn't even be in the top 15 if we're looking at it like that. But I just think just both them being so talented, they have to be up towards the top. At well, least. The, the other point yeah. that you're making about the Heat is, uh, I mean, Bam handled Porzingis this year, and so uh, you know, but. It's hard to make an argument that Jimmy's better than Luca at this stage. I mean, Luca is Luca looks transcendent. I mean, he's 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 practically averaging a triple double while scoring twenty seven. I mean, it's it's you can't make the argument. You, no. It's not hard to make the argument. It's impossible. Yeah, you you can. I mean, about, even if you think Bam is better than Porzingis at this stage, and I think he is, although Porzingis, from a skill standpoint, offensively, pretty damn good if he ever gets back to one hundred percent. Porzingis is one of my big misses. I I, I ripped. I, I never do this, but I, I watched two summer league games of him when I was out in Vegas his rookie year. And just I was like, he was getting pushed around in the lane. I'm like, okay, Nick's just effed up again. And I heard it from his agent the next day who called me an idiot, and his agent was right. So there you go. Uh, he, tur- he turned out pretty good. And the Knicks, basically, the, 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 the funniest thing about the Porzingis thing is the Knicks dumped him so that they could get Zion, get all those free agents. They got no one. And they didn't get Zion. So, and they got R.J. Barrett, who, who somebody pointed out on Twitter, looks like a character from a 70s basketball movie. And I, I'll never be able to unsee that. <laughs> we said this at the pod. If R.J. Barrett went to the Heat, he would have he been, been all world. But it's, it's, a lot of it's where you go. All right, so here's the other one. All right, so we, we've almost got – we've given it away. Jimmy and Bam are going to be 11th. You have one other team in front of them. And it's the Celtics. And you went with Tatum and Kemba, which is the right way to go here. Although Jalen Brown's pretty close third on that team. And Gordon Hayward's a pretty close fourth. Uh, 
Tatum's ascent, though, like, to be honest, Brady, I would put the Celtics ahead of the Sixers. I might put the Celtics ahead of the Mavericks. And you could convince me to put them ahead of the Blazers. Um, with, with the way Tatum played this year and what we know Kemba is, I, I, I think 10th might be low for them, to be honest. Yeah, well, going back to – I actually went back and forth a bunch of times between going who the second duo was going to be between Jalen Brown and Kemba, which I actually had Jalen Brown at first, and I'd end up changing to Kemba. But that's actually, that's, it's fair to put them higher. But I just – you know, looking at the other guys, we discussed them with the talent level and everything. I think they're pretty clearly ahead of the Heat right now with just what we've seen what they've done this year. You know, they seem like they're the main team to give Miami trouble. These two guys have seemed to, you know, fit really well as a duo. Kemba and Tatum have proven, like, they could, you know, make noise in the playoffs. You know, Kemba's actually had a very underrated season that a lot of people haven't talked about as a point guard. So it's interesting, but I still think that there should be 10 right in front well, of the eight. I can tell you that when the Kyrie-Kemba switch was made for Boston, the Heat felt it was an upgrade. Uh, that's the level of respect that they have for Kemba. And if you look back at that team, we can talk about the purple shirt guy. Like that Charlotte team was dog bleep. <laughs> right. Like that, right? The team yeah. that, that, that Dwayne, uh, I mean, it was Kemba and what? Like Batum, I mean, who was not the player he was before, didn't care as much. Kaminsky, I mean, there, there's a lot. Kid, Kid Gilchrist, who's since they, they've since dumped. Like there was not a lot of, I mean, one, one of the, the Zellers, I don't even know which Zeller was it Cody. I think it was Cody. I believe yeah. it was Cody. And there was I Marvin mean, Williams and Marvin Williams. Who's a functional player, but didn't live up to being the second overall pick. Like that team was garbage and they had the heat pressed because Kemba, even as inefficient as he was in that series, just keeps coming and coming and coming. I think they're higher. I, th- I have, I have great respect for Kemba and Jason Tatum was a top 10 player the last month of the season. I mean, and yep. I, you know, I, I didn't even know if he should be an all-star, but the last month of the season, he was a top 10 player. Um, I would have my, all right. So here's, so now we get to Bam and Jimmy and let's do it the other way. You had Bam and Jimmy 11th. Alf, is there any Homerism in this looking at the duos he has behind them? Siakam and Lowry. Yes or no? No, because um, I think, uh, you could probably say Butler and Lowry are uh, neck and neck, or even you might even put Butler above. Like, like if if you if you said one of them was much better than the other, I would disagree with you immediately. If you said they were mm-hmm. the same, you know, like it's a good argument. But to me, Bam is, and I probably can catch shit for this from Gianni, um, John Carlo Navas from Heat Beat because he's a, actually a Raptors fan. But I think Bam is better than Siakam. <laughs> And if you put like if you put Bam on Siakam in a seven game series, good night, Pascal Siakam. Right, like he's going to he's going to go through hell uh, for seven games. So um, to me, I don't. I think the the Raptors are a function of a really good, same as the Heat. And honestly, honestly, what 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 holds the Heat and the Celtics and the Raptors back is that they play such a good team game that it's very hard to say that uh, one, that a duo was doing for them like what a Harden or a Westbrook does for their teams. So um, I think the Raptors' success is more of a function of their team 
than it is of any two players. So, but I, yeah, I would put I, I would put um, the Heat above them. Now you know most most NBA observers would probably not agree, and I'm not saying they're right, but the, most NBA observers would look at Siakam and say that's what Bam is trying to be, offensively at least, not not defensively, but offensively. Siakam yeah, is pretty just, good on the other end too. But I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you because I, I think. I think that Jimmy Butler gives you more optionality than Lowry does. Just the nature of his size. Um, and let's be honest, like Kyle Lowry, you know, he redeemed himself a little bit last year, but he's had a pretty checkered playoff history. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that, you know, Jimmy, uh, you know, Jimmy's playoffs last year were probably better than Kyle's, didn't last as long. I, I just think that, you know, Kyle Lowry is, is one of the underrated players of his generation. Like Kyle Lowry is borderline Hall of Fame. If you look at the numbers, he's borderline Hall of Fame. I think he will be. And but 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 if you look at Jimmy Butler, he Jimmy Butler's going to go, there's no borderline with Jimmy when talk when you talk about Hall of Fame. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Um really? I believe so. Really? I think so. Yeah. That's a good that's a good topic for a pod. I think I, in in the Eastern Conference last year, he was the second best player in the East. Yeah, but okay. Um, now, you, now Chris Bosh is going to get in the Hall of Fame, but Chris Bosh didn't and a lot of the reasons Chris Bosh didn't get in the first year is because they wanted to make it about the three guys, Kobe and Garnett and Duncan and it was a strange circumstance but I mean Jimmy's career doesn't pales next to Bosch's doesn't it what would yeah, be... but I, yeah but also but Bosch's Bosch's career uh because he ended up being the third option on mm-hmm. a team I think that hurt him um even even with the Olympic gold medal and I it, and we all agree that Bosch should have been a first ballot I think Jimmy ends up on the second ballot or a third ballot I also I think Kyle Lowry is going to be a second or third ballot as well, but I, I think you make. I think Jimmy's held in higher regard as far as that's concerned than Kyle Lowry is, and maybe I'm wrong. But Jimmy Butler's a bigger name, and a lot of this, a lot of is, this is stuff Paul George. Let me ask you this: This is an interesting topic. I mean, I don't want to divert too far. Is Paul George a Hall of Famer? Yes. Okay. I mean, if he is, then you can start to make a case for Jimmy because Paul George. There's more to Paul George's career than Jimmy's at this stage. I have, a signature, I have a signature shoe theory. Have you ever heard of it? I have not, but then Kyrie Irving is a Hall of Famer too, which he may be. I, it's, if you have a signature shoe, you're like 90% in. <laughs> the only person is like Damon Stoudemire never got in the Hall of Fame. But if like you have a signature shoe, you're in. Well, okay, so let me, let me ask you this. I don't know that Tim Hardaway had a signature shoe, and I think there's other reasons Tim Hardaway is not in the Hall of Fame. Um, Tim Hardaway had a... Uh, Let's put Tim Hardaway's career up against Jimmy Butler's career or Kyle Lowry's career. He was better. He right. was better than I think he was a better player than Kyle Lowry. I think he's a better player than both of those guys. But we know why Tim's Tim's not in the Hall of Fame. Yes. It's we the do. comments he made. And because if you put him in the Hall of Fame, those are gonna come back up. Despite all the work Which he's done. Which is so since. ridiculous because he did the work and he's genuine about it. So it, it's he was it's, one of the first pe- he's one of the first uh, NBA players that ever got canceled. Well, when you're talking about – won't Lowry be looked at more of a Hall of Famer, though, just based off his getting a championship? Like, Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that helps in the fact that he was a major – I'm saying over Butler and Paul George. Yeah, I, I think so, but I, I don't – I think if you ask the average NBA fan, is Kyle Lowry a Hall of – and the Hall of Fame, Basketball Hall of Fame, is weird anyway. They change the yeah. rules every year. You know, they, it, you know, obviously the, there's international players, there's broadcasters, there's female players that get in. It's not an NBA Hall of Fame. But I think if you ask the average person, is Kyle Lowry a Hall of Famer? 
the average basketball fan would have to at least think about it and maybe say no. Right. Um, yeah, a I lot think, of casuals are going to say no to that, and that's it's wrong. And, and a lot of people say that about Jimmy Butler, too. I think if you polled it, I think Jimmy would score, would uh, definitely score higher. And we this, probably, is, this, this, this is a fun. This is a fun argument. Is Dame Lillard already a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm, so. I'm looking at the rest of this list. Okay, LeBron, yes. Anthony Davis, yes. Kawhi, yes. I, we've agreed on Paul George. Durant, yes, obviously. Kyrie is because of the shot, the, the championship, I think, even though, again, uh, his career is checkered in a lot of ways. Harden is. Westbrook is. Curry is. Clay is, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that's no doubt for a lot of people, though. For I mean, Clay? It, it's the it's the Chris Bosh thing again. He's, ne- he's oh man, he, Clay is a top he, five shooter of all time. Like, he, yeah. he, no, he is, but he also he was also. I mean, he had huge games for them during the run, but he was also never better than the second best player on the team. At times, he was the third or fourth best player of the team. I'm not. I'm not I, he is a Hall of Famer in my book, but I'm just saying it's a little questionable. Lillard, we said yes. Uh, obviously, Luke is gonna be, but there's there's not enough there. Embiid and Simmons, it's too early. Tatum, it's too early. Um, look at Kemba Walker's stats compared to Kyle Lowry's stats. You'd be surprised, by the way. But it, it's it's an interesting argument. All right, so can, just looking at it, Butler and Adebayo versus Siakam and Lowry, I think, again, most people would put the Raptors ahead. Probably because of the championship and because Siakam's numbers are eye-popping this year. And, you know, the Kyle-Jimmy thing, I think a lot of people see as a push. I, I think it's advantage Jimmy. But I think a lot of people see it as a push. But let's look at 13, 14, 15. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um, first, we don't even know if they're talking to each other. Uh, can you make any argument, Al, for them being ahead of anybody that's on this list? Or ahead of Bam and Jimmy? No, I think because Donovan Mitchell has been a little bit disappointing. And Ruby, Rudy Gobert's. I, I, I know he's a great defensive player, um, probably the best defensive center in the NBA, but I feel like he's too limited um, to be discussed with some of these other duos. Like right now, can you say Donovan Mitchell is better than Jimmy Butler? No. No. Although, um, Don, although to say his, his, his last season was disappointing, look at the numbers this season. They were pretty good. I, they're, I, he, he's had a bounce back year. But yeah, he turned it around. It, it, was, it was a little bit rough at first, and then he turned it around. Yeah. So, and then, okay, Jokic and Jamal Murray, I, I don't think you can make a case or higher. Uh, in fact, I, I wouldn't be surprised ultimately if, if Porter becomes the second best player on the Nuggets eventually um, ahead of Jamal Murray. Uh, and, uh, and then 15th, you had Towns and Russell. I, I think, again, only because we haven't seen it, um, they ain't going to guard anybody. <laughs> but, right. you, but you did mention this thing, the Towns and Russell came up through the AAU circle circuit together and, and that helps so before we close here is there any potential that bam and jimmy end up higher when we look back at this a year from now that we say that they should be top six top seven instead of 11th i think they could definitely get there just looking at the guys in front of them you know tatum and kemba ben simmons and and B, you know if they make a especially if they make a run this year in the playoffs and if they, you know, if they were to able to play the Boston or play Philly, if they were to show up and beat those guys and play good, I think they could, they'd be right at that top six level right off the bat after this season. 
What do you think, Alf? What's the upside? Uh, the upside is if Bam continues on this on this trajectory, they're they're going to end up being top six, top seven. And uh, the funny thing is, depending on what the Heat do as far as trades and free agency go in two, three years, uh, Jimmy will still be on his team, but Jimmy might be the third option. Um, because, like, let's say you brought – let's say for the Heat got Bradley Beal. Wouldn't the, wouldn't the duo be Beal and Bam? I mean, going yeah. forward? Yeah, yeah. And the, du- I mean, the, duo, the duo might be Bam and Hero going forward. We don't know. Yeah, I was going to say that. You never know. If, the couple, <laughs> if we're looking at a couple of years from now, we'll, we could, we'll see. Bam and Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> Duncan and Kendrick? I mean, it, it, I, think, I think what you see here with the Heat is – and it's clearly Bam and Jimmy now. But I think what you see with the Heat is the possibilities. Like when you look at some of these other teams, I don't think there's the depth behind the top two that you're talking about. I mean, the Clippers don't have young depth. They've got Lou Williams. The, the Lakers don't have young depth. You know, Kuz, I don't, I'm not a Kuzma guy. Uh, the Nets don't have young depth. The Rockets don't have young depth. The Warriors will when they get the number one pick in the draft, but right now they don't. I mean, it's just Draymond, who's kind of whose upside was kind of shown to be limited this year. The, the Bucks don't have young depth. They have a bunch of older guys around, around their top two. The Blazers don't have young depth. Dallas has a little, but nothing great philly their young depth is their top two players and the celtics do i mean jalen and you know and some of the other pieces they have but i think that's the most promising thing i I think when you look at this you say okay maybe jimmy and bam are not the top duo in the league but when you start extending out to three or four and then you start looking at who might replace one of those guys maybe jimmy as a top two guy because of who you may be able to bring in pretty encouraging for the heat actually that that's that's what i took out of this like to have to have a top 11 duo and we can argue they could should have been higher but to have other guys and other potential free agents where they're going to have some flexibility to bring players in the future looks better than a lot of other teams that's what i took out of this i think if you look at it uh the the raptors the heat and the celtics are all a year early right i think they're you're talking about three of the top four teams in the East. And I think everyone thought they were all going to have either down years or they were, I think those three teams, everyone thought they were either going to be out of the playoffs or in the bottom half of that top eight. And people were looking at the Sixers, the Pacers, other teams around the league that uh, were or actually in the East that were, you know, uh, you know, slotted ahead of them because of either who they lost or their, their youth or, you know, a lot of unproven guys. I think though all three of those teams have a really bright future because, like, the Raptors got a lot of young guys. The Celtics have a lot of young guys. The Heat have two undrafted guys in their starting lineup, which was funny. Bobby Marks uh, had a tweet today talking about uh, playoff to non-playoff teams that could fill roster spots um, in the coming days, and he pointed out that the Heat last year added Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, two starters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, I mean, yeah. as wild. So, they, I think the Heat are a, a year ahead of schedule. So, bouncing off of what you can, off of what Alf was saying with you know with the Celtics Heat and Raptors, that kind of shows that this is you know Giannis's mate like last year. Well, obviously, maybe next year, you know, to make a run for the finals with these got these three teams creeping up. You're absolutely right. Like Giannis needs to get Giannis needs to get into the finals this year 
um, or and, and he might he might have a shot next year. But those three teams are coming after him, and I I think the Sixers are going to get blown up in another year. I really do. I just I I don't see those two guys are too easily uh, scattered against in the playoffs, and they don't have Jimmy this year. And we've all seen what Josh Richardson does in the clutch. So that team is going to get blown up. But he has three teams on his heels. And, we, and you know, there's other young teams in the East. Teams like the Hawks that are in two years, I think, are going to actually be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's a lot of teams on Johannes's heels. He needs to get it done this year. And then next year he's going to have an even tougher time with those three teams. And after that, either he has to leave the Bucs or they, gotta, they have to land a free agent. Because these other teams are on his heels and they're coming fast. Well, it's going to be very hard to land a free agent. I mean, he's going to run into the Cleveland thing. He's going to run into what LeBron ran into when tried to get Bosch, tried to get Amare, tried to get somebody to pair with him and could never get anybody better than Mo Williams. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. The good thing for Milwaukee is at least Chris Middleton has developed into a viable number two player. But that narrative is going to start if Chris Middleton doesn't come up big in the playoffs. Like that is going to be a championship number two. I I don't know. Championship number two player. I I don't don't know. I mean, I I probably not. Um, Probably not. And I mean, you're going to need really good shooting around him. There have been teams that have won championships without a real true number two. The Dallas team that beat Miami did not have a number two. They had it was Dirk, and then it was you know Jason Terry, older Sean Marion, older Jason Kidd. You know those kind. You know those kind of players. Like it was, they did not have a true number two, but their number one was that. They good. also had LeBron James. They also and, had, yes, they and they had Mike James Bibby on, on the other well. side, right? They had Mike Bibby. But we're gonna need to see a. We're gonna need to see like a, a number three or a number four step up if Middleton's not gonna be the guy. Like, right. is, is well, so gonna really step up? Well, they don't really have one. I mean, defense. I mean, they don't really have. There's nobody on that team. Right. That's the problem. I mean, the Lopez brothers. I mean, everybody fills their role on that team, but there is not. I mean, if you know, the guy it probably would have been, and and this is going to be the narrative that that really haunts them. It may have been Malcolm Brogdon. They may have underestimated his upside, and it, particularly if he plays well for Indiana in the playoffs and plays well down the stretch, and Giannis doesn't get enough help, it's going to be why did you not just pay him to stay? Um, and that, you know, that's the kind of thing that a star player starts to think about. Like if we had Malcolm right now, what would this look like? I think people looked at Malcolm as a very competent player who was a four-year college player who did not have a lot of upside to him. And I think his play in Indiana has proved differently. So I I think they made a mistake there. And and in places like Milwaukee, when you have good players, you got to keep them. You got to keep because you can't get anybody to go. So you got to keep it. Anyway, check out 5reasonsports.com, 5reasonsports.com. Also, uh, MrMsSubs.com, 15% off using the code 5R. All of other sponsors, YouBreakItWheelFix.com. You may definitely check that one out. You get 10% off four-wheel refurbishment there uh, or repair at YouBreakItWheelFixIt or WheelFix.com. Excuse me, 5reasonswheels is the code. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.